Hello, my listeners. I just wanted to pop in here quick and let you know that The Kate Show was recently named an iTunes Top 200 Podcast. This came as a surprise to me because I am pretty new to the podcasting world, but I am so humbled and so thrilled that on average, 3,000 of you listen in every single month. So because of that, The Kate Show is now accepting advertisers and sponsors. And if you are interested in working with us in this way, we view it as a long-term collaboration. So if you're interested, head over to katethesocialite.com and click on the podcast section in the menu. There you'll find the different advertising options available to you. And just as a heads up, We, meaning me and my team, are very selective about who we allow on the show as a guest, an advertiser, or a sponsor, so you will have to complete an application process. This is because we value our audience so much that we have no intention of spamming them with ads or promoting things that really wouldn't be a good fit for them. But if you have a product or service that would serve the home industry, make their lives easier, and empower them to run their businesses more efficiently, we should definitely have a chat. So head over to KateTheSocialite.com and click on the podcast in the menu. Welcome to The Kate Show, a weekly marketing podcast for interior designers and home stagers. Hosted by author, entrepreneur, and marketing consultant, Kate The Socialite. Each week, you'll learn helpful tips on how to make social media easier, how to grow your mailing list, and how to simplify every area of marketing and advertising your business. With her blunt, no-fluff approach, Kate stands up for business owners who want real results in their marketing but have limited time or resources. And now, please welcome your host, Kate the Socialite. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Kate Show. Today, we're talking all about how you can overcome marketer's block. Now, as you can imagine, Writer's block is a problem, and if that's a problem, then marketer's block is a very real thing, and you've likely experienced it. I mean, have you ever hopped on Facebook or Instagram and had the feeling that you should be posting something, but for the life of you, you cannot figure out what? Well, just so you know, everybody deals with this at some point in their career. And it can be a reoccurring issue too. I mean, every now and then I will have a slight moment of panic because I'm like, okay, trying to plan out podcast episodes, trying to plan out Instagram posts. And guys, I'm not perfect. Sometimes I look at my schedule and I think, I have no clue what I want to say this month. But there are certain tactics that I use to help get around this marketer's block so that I can keep delivering high quality content to you guys through this podcast, through social media, through my website, and it's no different for you all because you're trying to reach your clients, you're trying to build relationships and get referrals and build your brand and get noticed. So the tips I'm about to share with you are totally applicable and they're not even difficult. So let's get started. The first thing that I do if I find myself with a bad case of marketer's block is I have to take a step back and look at my business and my ideal client as a whole. And I ask myself a few questions. 
first of all, I don't assume that I always understand what my clients are struggling with. Even though I've been working in this industry for several years and I've really gotten to know the ins and outs of how to market an interior design business or a home staging business, it doesn't mean that every business is the same. So how that applies to you is simply this. When you're dealing with homeowners, you start to get a general feel for how they're going to respond to certain questions you ask and how they're going to feel about certain design styles and really how the remodeling or renovation process will affect them in general. Or of course the home staging process and the interaction that you would have with real estate agents at that point. But do not assume that you always understand their concerns. Perhaps you have two clients with the exact same struggle. Let's say they are both struggling to sell a home that's just proven to be a beast and it's a nice home, but they just can't get it to move. Or you've got two homeowner clients who both need to remodel their kitchens, but they may have completely different reasons for struggling with that decision. It may not even be budgetary, so you have to take time to ask yourself, what struggles do my ideal clients deal with and what are the reasons behind those struggles? Because the why behind the struggle is almost more important than the struggle itself, even though the struggle is, of course, what you're coming in and like saving the day with. But when you start asking yourself, why does my ideal client struggle so much with picking out color for her home? you may find it's because your ideal client actually has a lot of mindset issues. Maybe she's not confident in her own decision-making ability. Maybe she second guesses herself. Maybe she's just too busy to make those decisions. Or maybe she feels like too many colors are just going to drown out her own personality and she doesn't want to be in competition with her own home. Those whys indicate very different people who somehow still all have the same problem. So ask why. And you can ask them why. You can just ask yourself why and take a few notes. Just do it in a place where you will not be interrupted by your phone or other people and just take time to do a deep dive into the psyche of your ideal client. And then make sure that you can craft a story around that why. So if your issue is you've got a listing agent who just cannot, for the life of him, sell this home and they call you in for staging and of course you help him sell that home quickly, don't just leave it at that because that's just the last chapter in that story. You need to first figure out why this listing agent was having so much trouble. Was it a problem with his MLS photos? Was he walking around with a smartphone taking dark or blurry photos? Did he not take time to do any staging whatsoever? Was the house a mess? Why was the house a mess? You need to go back to the very beginning and craft a story that you can tell in bits and pieces throughout your social media and your website. It's as simple as saying, hey realtors, are you struggling to sell homes that have clearly been lived in by hoarders for a little while? Now, that's a little bit extreme. But what you're doing is you're starting to tell a story because you've got the main character, the listing agent, you've got the setting, a house that is cluttered, and then you've got the entire plot, which is why won't this house sell? 
And once you're able to start telling that story and putting yourself in there as the main character who comes in to save the day, then not only are you going to easily connect with people, but you're also going to be memorable. And it makes it so much easier for you to know what to say on social media or any part of your marketing really, when you know that you're simply telling a story. It can help so much with removing the marketer's block. Okay, so the next thing that I do if I am just kind of panicking and I don't know what to say in my marketing is I make sure that I'm speaking my ideal client's language and that I am not speaking my own. Because guys, jargon is not professional or efficient. So if you start talking about how you specified this project and you specified like all these different products and this fabric, it's like great, but that just is sounding Greek to homeowners because they're like, okay, so you picked something out um, but what's the story behind that? Why did you pick this? And how is it relevant to me? And how do I know that when you're picking stuff out for me, you're not just going to pick out what you like or what's trending right now? I know a lot of you field questions like this so often. So make it part of your marketing story. Use your client's words, like verbatim, and put them on your website or your social media. You can even say, if you're concerned about us not listening to your preferences, please just rest easy knowing that we don't follow trends for the sake of trends. We follow your preferences and your lifestyle to choose things that will actually work for you and most of all, make you feel good about living in your home, make you feel confident about hosting gatherings in your space. And that helps tell the story of what their future would look like after working with you. That confidence and ease, the feeling, that wonderful feeling of having a home that reflects you and doesn't reflect the previous owners. So remember to speak your client's language. Hey guys, just popping in here quick because I've got a question for you. Do you have a business partner? Do you have someone who is helping your business move the needle forward every single day? Well, if you're still looking for that special someone, look no further than Nancy Ganzikoffer. She's a business coach for interior designers and other creative entrepreneurs. Nancy understands the unique challenges you face when pursuing your dreams, and she'll help you develop your business identity, set goals, and manage your time. Now, if you're not part of her Facebook group, Actionable Entrepreneurs, you'll want to get in there right away. Nancy's there every single day, giving tips, support, and lessons to keep you taking action and moving forward in your business. Now, if you're ready to take a giant leap forward, get on her calendar for a strategy call. It's 50 minutes of straight business coaching, and you'll leave that session with clarity, goals, and a direction towards growth in your business head over to businesscoachnancy.com forward slash consult. Now, the third thing you can do is look at your business from their perspective as a whole. Like look at your entire business, your logo, your website, what you're posting on social media, your print stuff, and just look at all of that and, and ask yourself, does this look relevant to my ideal client? Is it building a relationship? Does it feel the same way my ideal client looks? 
if your ideal client is someone who is very posh, very professional, and no nonsense, does your brand look a little bit whimsical? Because that doesn't jive. Does your brand look a little bit too corporate when you're trying to build something that is personable and real and authentic? It might mean that you actually need to rebrand. And that sounds like such a scary term, but it actually makes your marketing so much easier when your mission and your values align with the visual representation of your business. So a good example of this is when I first started my business, I was not called Socialite. I was actually called Capital Edits, and that name still just makes me cringe. But it's because I started out doing just like editing and writing for businesses because I hadn't taught myself anything about marketing yet, clearly, because I named my business Capital Edits. Oh, heavens. So I had to change that business name and I had to change that logo because when I looked at who I wanted to serve and then I looked at this brand, I'm like, no, like these, they're not even in the same book, much less on the same page. So make sure that if you're trying to serve a high-end client, an authentic client, a personable client, make sure that your brand, which is your logo and the words you use to describe your business, make sure that all of those things are aligned with what that person would like to see. And I know that this can be a little bit confusing, but let me just say it the way it is. Your brand and your logo are not for you. It is important that you're proud of it, of course. And when my team designs new brands for companies in the interior design and home staging industries, we always make sure that they are 100% happy and confident when it comes to their brand. But what I also remind them is your brand is the bait that will attract or repel your ideal client. So while we do care about what you like and what your preferences are as far as the aesthetics and the color and the texture of your brand, we also have to look at what will your ideal client think about this? Because if it only appeals to you and not to them, then we haven't done our job as branding experts because it will not benefit your business in the end. And in a year or two, you'll find that you have to rebrand yet again. So make sure that you look at your business as a whole and ask if this is actually going to attract the type of client you want to work with. Now the good thing is if you have just started your design or staging or window treatment workroom business, you can do this actually so much easier because you can think, okay, who is my dream client? And you can dream big. If you are a window treatment workroom and you just want to work with high-end interior designers and no one else, then think, okay, how should my logo look if I want to attract a very chic and elegant interior designer? Well, obviously your logo needs to be chic and elegant, but if you are an interior designer and you would like to work with people who live in suburbia and they do have decent budgets, but they're not like over the top. So, you know, they're like easygoing people. They have a casual nature about them. You do not want a logo that would scare them away. You want one that looks like you, that looks personable, that looks friendly and comfortable. So this is some fun mindset work guys it's not hard and when you are ready to make any change in your business don't go around asking five different people what they think 
choose two advisors, run it past them, and then take action. And maybe what you need to do isn't a rebrand, but maybe it's just picking up where you left off with your brand. Maybe your brand is just perfect, but you aren't taking it to the heights that you should or the extent that you should. So all you need to do is, again, don't assume that you understand why your clients struggle with what they struggle with. Make sure you ask for the why and then speak their language and not yours. And third, look at your business from their perspective. I guarantee this will give you so much insight. We tend to keep our heads down and do the work, which is great because that is what we're in business to do. But if we forget to look at our businesses from the perspective of our audience, then we can easily veer off the path and end up somewhere that we did not intend to go. The land of no clients, no referrals, and no leads on the horizon. So make sure that you are in full alignment with where your company is going and with how your ideal client feels about your company. All of these things do wonders in helping overcome the marketing block that you might have. And, you know, guys, I understand the why behind your various struggles and I do my best to speak your language and not mine. And I do often look at my business from your perspective, but there are still some moments where I'm like, I have no idea what to say right now. And above all else, my fail safe is to just be a real person. So I plan out my Instagram post a month in advance. So 30 day batches at a time. And it can be challenging coming up with 30 different captions right then and there. But I kind of get into a groove after about five to seven of them. And when I'm not sure what to say for a particular day, I will go through the list of what are my clients struggling with? What questions have I been asked recently that I could answer on social media? Or what should I be talking about so that people can like, gain something from my social media and not just be entertained. Maybe there are certain tips that you can give on social media when you know they're going to be directly beneficial to your ideal client. Or if you haven't worked with a lot of clients yet, just take time to go over basic design tips because you would be surprised how many people don't know them or how many people would not have understood them fully until you took time to explain them. Because that's the other interesting thing about marketing. One company or one brand can say the same thing over and over again, but this certain group of people will never actually comprehend it until you say it. And you might use the exact same words, but for some reason, when it comes from a different person, people will start to actually understand it and implement it. And I have seen this happen so many times in my own business, whether I'm trying to learn something and it finally clicked because I listened to a certain business coach, or whether someone was listening to this podcast and it finally clicked for them, even though their business coach has been telling them this for years. And I did actually get an email like that and I thought it was hilarious because it is so true. So never discount the little tidbits of information that you think are mediocre because they are not mediocre to someone else. So overcoming the marketing block often means getting out of our own way and being a real person and asking the real questions and doing the mindset work. 
So guys, that is all I have for you for today. Thank you so much for listening. And if this episode has been helpful to you, would you please leave me a review on iTunes? It means so much to me. I read every single one and I think about them often because when I am putting myself out into this digital space, it helps to know that not only are you guys listening, but it's also making a positive impact on your lives and your businesses. So again, please leave me a review on iTunes and I will talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to The Kate Show. Please hit the subscribe button and share this episode with a business bestie who needs to grow her interior design or home staging firm. To inquire about our products and services, please visit us at katethesocialite.com. Until next time, keep your marketing simple and your message clear.